Hello and welcome into this week's episode of the Recruiting Blitz. I am Greg Smith, Senior Recruiting Analyst here at Inside Nebraska, and I am joined once again, as usual, by digital content extraordinaire Jansen Coburn. Jansen, how are you, man? Holy cow, what a week <laughs> and what a day. Happy Father's Day, by the Ooh, way, everyone wow. watching. Yeah, happy good, Father's Greg. Day to everybody watching. Yeah, it's, it's boy, it's a day. Like, it's funny. I feel like we said this last week. Didn't we call it? We called it. We said last week that it, things are going to pick up in a big way. Um, I don't know if we anticipated what quite has happened so far today and what's still maybe yet to come, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, but it has been a huge day and a huge week. Like, I'm glad you said that. It's been a huge week for Nebraska recruiting. As a lot of things have happened, um, a lot of intriguing things off, off the field this week, but obviously, capped by a handful of commitments um, that have been announced this weekend following a really good and obviously successful recruiting weekend or official visit weekend for Matt Rule in Nebraska. So without further ado, man, let's jump right into it because we got a lot of things to hit. Yeah, you just said it. We There's so much to talk about that we had to actually take stuff out of the show to <laughs> right. fit it all in. Um, we'll talk about the commitments last because that's fresh on the minds. Uh, we'll start with the offers. There was camps going on all week, uh, some small official visitors coming in throughout the week and some offers that came out of it. But there's one particular offer that was intriguing, and it was out to a 2025 quarterback. And the last time we were on the pod, Greg, we were talking about Stone Saunders and how he was presumably the number one target. And now there's a new offer out to Alex Mansky. He's out of Algona, Iowa. He only has four offers right now. I believe it's Iowa, Pitt, Wisconsin, and Nebraska, but he's only going into his junior year, so that's understandable. Uh, given all that I just laid out, Greg, what are your thoughts on that offer to Alex Mansky? Man, this is a fascinating situation. And, and you know, it, it's funny, we, we spend so much time talking about quarterback and rightfully so, but it is always interesting to me because of kind of how these things play out. So obviously we saw what happened with the 2024 class with the pursuit of Dylan Rayola. It's on again, off again. You kind of have Danny Kalen there on a little bit of the back burner, but they're doing work behind the scenes. They get Kalen. He seems like a great fit for what they're doing now. And we'll talk about him in a little bit as well, a little bit more uh, later. Um, and he's, you know, helping to recruit and all of that so quarterback in 24 feels like it's ongoing but it's really not because we got Kalen in the class but then you fast forward to 25 because you're always recruiting more than one class at once and we all presumed like you said last week even that Stone Saunders was the number one target for Nebraska football for 2025 quarterback recruiting he came here that last week for an unofficial visit and for camp Daniel Kalen also happened to be on campus that day as well there, there was a picture floating around of those two but then something interesting happened. Alex Vansky also came to camp and he threw for Nebraska, also had an unofficial visit, and they were blown away by what they saw. And if you see him on tape, and I've watched him on tape, he's got a really strong arm. Like, and it looks effortless out there with the way that he throws the ball. He's a little bit bigger than Stone Saunders is as well. As Vansky's about 6'2", uh, almost 200 pounds. And he's a really good athlete, like he can run as well. Um, and so he kind of does everything that you need. And I'm also, I was surprised that he didn't actually have more early offers. And I know you mentioned those ones that he has, and those are really good early offers. Like anytime yeah. you have a handful of big 10 offers um, going into your junior season, like that's really good. Um, you, usually that that's just a really good sign. And I think that he's only going to continue to get more and more offers. Um, Nebraska then liked him so much during that camp that they actually got him back on campus this weekend for another un 
unofficial visit while they had all these official visitors on campus. And now that we know that it's been coming out, the guys are committing left and right. Obviously, things were going really well during that weekend. So it was great to get him back around that. When, oh, by the way, another fun wrinkle in this is, is he could have gone to Iowa because he was um, invited to like their barbecue deal that they were having. He said, thanks, but no thanks. I'll stick with going to Nebraska like I had planned to, which I know made Husker fans happy as well. Yeah. But that's a really interesting development with what's happening with him. And it feels like Alex has moved into that number one spot for the 2025 quarterback uh, moving forward. But we'll kind of see. He just answered my follow-up question was, is <laughs> is he going to kind of contend for that number one priority um, spot for 2025? But there you have it. And there's a, and real quick too, one thing, there's so much happening with this one that I, that I forgot this and why this is even more important is there's another priority target for 2025, Jack Limbaugh, um, who's a strong side defensive end um, out of the same high school as Alex. And Alex actually told me earlier this week that Jack and his dad came to Nebraska to watch him throw in that camp just to support him. They're very close. Uh -huh. So it seems like one of those is getting one of them would help with the other. And that's a big deal as well. Yeah, Absolutely. One of the names you just mentioned, we talked about plenty of times for good reason. Daniel Kalen, another quarterback. Uh, he was out at the Elite 11. I think there are, there's 25 invitees and only 11, obviously, are named to the official Elite 11 group. And Daniel Kalen was named as part of that group. He had a strong showing. I believe he won the accuracy contest. So taking all of that in, Greg, what is your thoughts and reactions to all of that news and a follow-up to that is, is he now going to be in the conversation for a possible ratings bump? Just given the star-studded list of names there, he's he's an elite company. Oh, he's definitely an elite company. I think my, the, I'll answer the first part first. Um, my thoughts on wh what he did out there. And he really did show well for himself out there. I know talking to him going out there, um, he was really excited to be able to go out to California and show what he could do because he thinks, and I think now rightfully so, and he proved it, that he's one of the better quarterbacks in the country. And he got to show that in front of everybody, right? I think that winning that accuracy challenge, I think is a really fun kind of subplot to all of this because, you know, it, it, it's fun to go to those things. And we got a lot of reports about who has the biggest arm and all of that. And you got to see some of those guys, you know, Dylan was one of them. DJ Lagway also had as a guy that's got a really big arm. Um, Julian Sayin, the kid that's committed to Alabama is another one of those kids. But I would say in college football today, if you have a really accurate arm, you can do just as well, if not better in some cases, if you're a very accurate passer, right? Especially if you've got talent around you and then you got some speed um, on the outside too. So I think that he that actually showed me even more that Kalen is well-suited for what Matt Rule and the staff are trying to do um, offensively. And I think that it was a big deal for him to go out there and show and prove that he's one of the top 11 quarterbacks in the country. Now, is he in line or in the discussion for a ratings bump? Yes. I think that, that the short answer to that is yes. I, like I hesitate again to say this. I was on those calls um, the last time around with those rankings that just came out. Um, spoiler alert. I did not have a huge say in them because I just joined the national side of things. Um, I'll be more in them in August. Um, but that was a discussion. What what Daniel Kalen had to do to be able to get that fourth star. And the two things that really came up was him being able to go out and show his stuff out at Elite 11 and show that he belonged amongst those elite guys or those top quarterbacks. 
He did that, right? Check done. The second thing is, is he needs to continue to show that he's improving from where he was during his junior season, which he had a big jump during that junior season. I've said here and other places that I think he's going to have another jump when we get to his senior season, because I think his best football is ahead of him. He's got a very good team as well and a system, frankly, that is um, very conducive to good quarterback play, right? Um, and so I think all those things are going to help him. I do think that when we get further into the evaluation process, I think he's going to end this process as a four-star. I do think that. I think the Husker fans just have to be patient with us to, to get him there. And he has to continue to prove it. But I do think that he's on his way. I'm going to put you on the spot, Greg. What would you rate him? How would you rate him? I would I would evaluate him as a four-star prospect. I, I do think that he is that, um, though I do understand a little bit of the argument on the other side because you just don't know. And part of this is, even though Nebraska high school football has continued to improve and we know that it's very solid, like it's hard to sell people sometimes on just how good that is, especially at the skill positions where, you know, if he's going against cornerbacks that are never going to play D1 football and he's throwing to D1 wide receivers, it's hard to also kind to judge that right you kind of get that but i i would rate him as a four star all right we'll switch it over to the commitments now we'll go in the order in which they came i can't remember the last time nebraska got this many commitments in one day um the first one that trickled in was braylon prude out of pure pearland pearland Perlin, texas i don't know exactly how to say it. it's in the houston area kind of yep. safety outside linebacker hybrid type of player uh, let's start with him. Talk about Braylon Prude. Yeah, he's about six foot four, 190, 200 pounds. Um, I really like him. I think that, you know, you mentioned to me the key thing about Braylon is that he's that safety linebacker hybrid guy that I think that this defense will always feature as long as Tony White and Matt Rule are around, right? Um, running kind of that 335 system. They want fast, athletic guys that can play at both the third and the second level that can both come down and hit you and actually be able to drop back in coverage. Um, he's a raw athlete and a guy that they saw at camp. I think he he was the one that ran a 4-4-40 in front of them. Um, and then kind of the rest is history there. But I like Braylon Prude. I think that he's a good pickup for Nebraska. All right. The next one that came in was Jake Peters, offensive guard out of Iowa. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think that he's he is one to me that this is a good test case of when you have offensive linemen sometimes that don't quite have those elite measurables that you see sometimes, you know, he's six foot two. He's not, you know, six, five, six, six. He's not the six, eight, six, nine that you see in some of the offensive linemen under Scott Frost. But with him being six, two, it sounds weird to say this, but him being six, two, that was kind of pushing colleges off of him or making them slow play him. And that's why, you know, Iowa, Iowa State had not offered him, but there were they were starting to kind of come around after seeing him at various camps. Now, I think that that's the thing that really slowed down his recruitment but Nebraska also worked him out at camp and when Donovan Rayola was able to work with him in person the word that I get um from behind the scenes on Jake Peters is that he's got that mean streak in him right a guy that what's the saying they play plays to the echo of the whistle that's definitely Jake Peters and he's gonna have that chip on his shoulder as well coming to Nebraska as someone that you know Nebraska was one of the few teams that wanted him um badly um I think he'll make for an, an interesting interior um lineman pro prospect moving forward um um, and it would not surprise me to see him end up contributing down the road. The third commitment of the day was Colin Kalen Barta. I'm not sure exactly how to say his first name out of Topeka, Kansas. Uh, Nebraska's, I believe, his only Division One offer. So kind of under the radar. Um, what did you think about him committing to Nebraska yeah. today? 
Yeah, it was this one was a, a, a really unique story, um, too, and that it, it's the same in a way that he was discovered by Nebraska at one of their camps. Um, that's going to be a theme that continues to happen, guys. Get used to hearing that as we move forward through the rule era. Um, they like getting guys at their camps, and that's going to actually make kids come to those camps more, by the way, if they think that they, they have a chance to get an offer and really be in the mix to get on the team, right? Um, and so Nebraska can't, had him uh, camp. He really impressed them with his athleticism, his change of direction, but he did not leave there with an offer. That was the kind of weird thing, right, is that he left, didn't have an offer, but he set up an official visit to come back this weekend to check it out. Um, and actually, as we're recording this, that story just went live a little while ago on InsideNebraska.com. I just got off the phone with him about an hour ago. And so he told me that, you know, he wanted to come back, check out Lincoln, spend some more time with the coaching staff. But the longer he was on campus, the more he just kept thinking, I just need to go ahead and commit because I love it here. He talked about the family atmosphere. Um, also, his player host was Dwight Boodle II. And he said that Dwight told him, hey, I'm from Miami. I committed here and don't regret it for a second um and that really had an impact on barda i think that he's another one of those you had an interesting big athletic guys for the back end of the defense he said that he could play any of those five positions in the secondary for nebraska um he also i think he ran like a four three nine forty yard dash um when he was here at nebraska as well so just another long athletic guy for the back end um, of this defense yeah, absolutely. And it's it's kind of crazy because we're going to switch over to the official visit preview for next weekend. This was m much smaller week, but it, man, did it it seem like it's very productive for Nebraska staff. They got got in on a lot of guys, got them out for the camps, as you mentioned. It's kind of kind of hinting that if you come out to a camp, it could pay off for you. Yeah. if Nebraska likes you. All right. The official visit next weekend is probably the biggest one they've had since back in that would have been March when Dylan Riola and many other star-studded players came through Lincoln. I won't ask you to name every player that's coming through, and I know it's <laughs> it's you. a fluid situation. <laughs> yeah. Who are some of the notable names as of right now that are expected to come? Yeah, I think you you have to start it with Carter Nelson, uh, the four-star tight end out of Ainsworth. He's expected to make his official visit um, and then kind of go into decision mode after that. So this is a huge deal for Nebraska to have him on campus again and have them be the last swing here in his recruitment. As we've kind of seen, you know, what things have kind of swung a little bit around with his recruitment. It's, I think when we started the official visit season, I really do think that Nebraska was the team to beat. Then he goes out to Georgia. I've got a future cast out there. I know Husker fans for Georgia right now I'm still holding on to that for now but we'll see he's got Notre Dame who's also kind of in the mix he's at Penn State this weekend you haven't really heard a lot about that so far um, and then he'll be back in Nebraska the other big thing about that is that Daniel Kalen will take his official visit it feels like he's here all the time and he is uh, but he's taking his official visit this coming weekend as well to be around Carter and others um, to be able to help one of those others being Grant Bricks a really good offensive lineman uh, prospect that a lot of teams like I think the Nebraska is battling Oklahoma there, um, and Bricks is a really talented player. Um, and then another player that I'll, two players that I'll mention. One, another offensive lineman, Cohen Eccles, um, who's been a real fast riser here over the last month or two out of Texas. Um, just took a, a, a Texas A&M official visit. I think he took Texas Tech as well. And then maybe my favorite running back of the group, Kiwan Lacey, uh, running back out of Texas, uh, is also scheduled to be in. But like you said and alluded to, it is a fluid situation. I know that there are names that are going to pop up. There are some that are going to drop off, hopefully not the ones that I've mentioned because those are important guys um, and we'll kind of see from there. But it'll be a huge weekend next weekend. 
And to the subscriber who wanted to hear about the offensive line visitors, I hope you're happy. There's finally That's some right. O-linemen taking official visits. All right, Greg, one more question. It's about Carter Nelson again, and it's a Q&A question. A couple people asked about this in the comments. And once again, thank you guys for your questions in the comments. As always, you can leave comments and questions, and we'll do our best to answer those in the future. Uh, the gist of it was, should Nebraska be concerned about Notre Dame now? I know Nebraska is presumably in a dogfight, no pun intended, with Georgia. <laughs> um, are they? Should they now be concerned about Notre Dame factoring in? I think everyone should be concerned about Notre Dame factoring in if you're after Carter Nelson, because that's always been a team that has been in the hunt for him. Right. And I think that you can, you can totally understand why that's been the situation. They have a really good track record with tight ends. They're still in the Midwest. So it kind of makes a little bit more sense geography wise. Um, and people just really like Notre Dame. It's one of those things where either it's, it's funny. We talk to Husker fans about it because they don't have any love lost for Notre Dame, so they don't understand yeah. kind of the appeal. But there are a lot of kids out there that just love that school, right? You go there, the, the, all the prestige, the academic history is also a big thing with them um, as well. So, no, I think Notre Dame is definitely a threat in this mix, and no one should be – we should not be writing them off by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think that ultimately this is a, a Georgia-Notre Dame-Nebraska battle. Um, and it also is – no. I don't think it's also a coincidence that each team that hosts him last seems to get a nice little bump as I think that he and this happens all the time where the kids go on these visits and whoever that last school was that they visited it feels like they're the new leader because you've just seen them and the visit high is real like there's a reason why we say that um, so maybe that'll bode well for Nebraska getting that final visit um, we'll see and I'll just throw in that Notre Dame's done a pretty good job of recruiting the state of Nebraska going back to even Nick Henrich I know he heavily considered going to Notre Dame and then Xavier Watts and now Rezac is a Notre Dame commitment. So they've done a good job. So I would be concerned if I were Nebraska. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's all I got for you, Greg. I just want to lastly say happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there who are watching us and supporting the channel. We appreciate that. And I'll turn it over to you, Greg. Yeah, again, I, I echo those statements uh, or sentiments. Uh, happy Father's Day to everybody out there. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day um, and everybody is treating you well. Uh, extra special today. Uh, but make sure you guys check out InsideNebraska.com for all the visit recap. We've got all the commitment stories. We've got interviews coming uh, with everybody that committed this weekend and more uh, to come as well. Make sure you like this video up, tell a friend, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get these videos directly into your feed. And we'll be back next week with Big Visit Palooza, the big June 23rd weekend is coming. <laughs>